SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A very happy hour indeed on this football Friday right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the new home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. I am Ben Stevens. Each and every weekday, it's happy hour in our third hour here on the morning after. Yes, even at 11 a.m. Eastern time on a Monday morning. But on Friday morning, heading into your weekend, (laughs) yeah. It's a very, very happy hour. Coming up in this third and final hour, we run through the docket as we look at the Sunday slate in the NFL. Week number 14 kicked off last night in the Twin Cities. The Minnesota Vikings holding on once again in another one-score game, covering as a a three-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Pittsburgh Steelers, winning by eight points. But now we turn our attention to Sunday. Some of the best games on the board, and we will do all of that coming up here in this third and final hour. Benny and the Bets hit the street to talk a little bit of college football bowl season as well. You'll see that in just a little bit as well. And then Joe Pisapia joins us to round out this third and final hour. The prop perspective, trends you need to know, and targets you need to have entering week number 14 of the NFL regular season. Also, as we welcome in the West Coast audience here to the third and final hour of the morning after, we also get ready to look at some of the games featuring the Los Angeles teams this weekend in the National Football League. In Los Angeles on Sunday at SoFi Stadium, the LA Chargers will play the New York Giants. Now, the Chargers opened up as a 10.5 point favorite in this game against New York. It has now dropped down to 9.5. Why? There are some COVID concerns for the L.A. Chargers as of right now. Their star wide receiver, their leading wide receiver, Keenan Allen, tested positive, placed on the COVID-19 reserve list. He is vaccinated. He has not officially been ruled out for Sunday's contest against the Giants. But because of close contact and contact tracing, Mike Williams, the other receiver on the other side across from Keenan Allen, also another favorite target for young quarterback Justin Herbert, was placed on the COVID-19 list as well, as was Chris Harris, a defensive back for the LA Chargers so a little bit of line movement working against LA here now just a nine and a half point favorite the over under total has also dropped by about two and a half points now down to just 43 for this total on the FanDuel Sportsbook that is also incorporated when you look at the New York Giants a lot of quarterback concerns around who will be the starting signal caller on Sunday for Joe Judge you look at what New York has right now Mike Glennon in concussion protocol based on last week's game against the Miami Dolphins. He was even in there because Daniel Jones continues to deal with a neck injury that has him sidelined on a week-to-week basis. Now as we break down this game from a trend perspective, all that goes into setting the numbers, now we look at the numbers. The Chargers a 9.5-point favorite. Whether it was 10.5 or 9.5, I'm not sure you can feel comfortable laying close to double digits with the LA Chargers this year. Frankly, as a favorite, they have not been very good. Just two and five against the spread when booked as a favorite this year, not covering by an average margin of 4.1 points per game. They haven't even been more than a touchdown favorite this year, and now they're close to a double-digit favorite against the New York Giants. And in the biggest spread in LA's favor so far, it was against the Pittsburgh Steelers about a month ago on Sunday Night Football, a six-and-a-half-point spread 
in the Chargers' favor. They did not cover that number. Again, 2-5 and five ATS as a favorite this year in the NFL. As we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here to the third and final very Happy hour here on the morning after on this football Friday, Sirius XM, Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast, focusing on two West Coast football teams, one in action on Sunday, the other in action on Monday. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Quickly rounding out some points here about the Chargers and the Giants in SoFi on Sunday. The Giants have been booked as an underdog in 11 of their 12 games in the regular season so far this year. Six and five against the spread. But if it's Jake Fromm starting for the Giants, I don't really know how you feel comfortable about that spread as well. What you should know from an under perspective, the Giants have gone under in six straight games. This total of 43 will be the lowest total of the year for the Los Angeles Chargers. They have gone over in four of their last six games. So that game is on Sunday featuring a team from Los Angeles in the NFL. The next game featuring a team from L.A., will happen on Monday night. A great Monday night football game on paper right now and on the docket. The LA Rams on the road in the desert taking on the Arizona Cardinals. The Cards, the best record in all of the NFL. 10-2 and straight up so far this year. The second best record ATS in the NFL this year. 9-3 and against the spread. Meanwhile, the LA Rams have only been booked as an underdog one other time this year earlier in the season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they won that game outright as a short underdog as well currently as it stands two points is the spread in Arizona's favor the over under total 51 and a half two great Mondays in a row with two great divisional matchups that will have huge ramifications for the playoff picture last week in the AFC East between the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots This week in the NFC West between the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. Right now, Arizona is starting to take firm control of that NFC West division. On the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Cardinals a minus 1250 favorite to win the NFC West. The LA Rams plus 800. The Cardinals also now the second shortest odds to win the NFC Conference Championship at plus 350. The Rams $2 behind them at plus 550. This game will be huge on Monday night. The Rams right now getting two points on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. Coming up on the other side of the break, more of a breakdown focusing on the Sunday slate, NFL week number 14. We do that next here at the morning after continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on this football Friday right here on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. I'm Ben Stevens. Let's get you set for the Sunday slate in the National Football League by looking at some of the most interesting games across the docket we have not touched on yet here on this football Friday. We've pretty much gone through every game this week throughout the course of our show, but we'll focus on a couple of the best ones right now, right here for Sunday, week number 14 of the National Football League regular season, really entering the final month of the campaign. Let's begin with a very, very peculiar line that Kevin Walsh highlighted very early on on the program on this Friday. That would be the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. It was interesting to see this line 
as it first opened up. In fact, the Browns, fresh off of a bye, a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the early line, the opening line for this game against the Baltimore Ravens. And even at the time, you probably thought to yourself, why is Cleveland favored against anybody right now? Well, the line has actually worked even more in their favor. Two-and-a-half points for the Cleveland Browns at home as the favorite against the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. It's an interesting line for sure, because when you look at the Ravens so far this year, the Ravens, a perfect 2-0 ATS as an underdog, and they have won both of those games outright against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos. As a favorite this year, Baltimore has left a lot to be desired. 10 of the 12 games booked as a favorite entering this Sunday's matchup against the Cleveland Browns, just 3-7, and seven. ATS is a favorite, but as an underdog in the short sample size that we have, John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, the list goes on. They have been very, very good. And I know Baltimore has some injuries to their secondary. That has not been great, really, the entirety of this season. Marlon Humphrey now out for the rest of the year. But Lamar has struggled recently, but Lamar can have success here against the Cleveland Browns, who have not been good either on the other side. Lamar has struggled in the last couple of games, but there is always that highlight quality. And so far this season, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens as an underdog, again, a perfect 2-0 ATS and winning outright in both of those games. Cleveland is just 2-4 this year when booked as a favorite. They have split their last six games straight up. They have only covered once in the last four games and only twice in the last seven games. They are now plus 500 to win the AFC North. The Baltimore Ravens still the odds on favorites to win this division, although their odds getting a little bit worse throughout the week. Now minus 150, the Cincinnati Bengals in a short matchup against the San Francisco 49ers this week, a short spread, I should say. The Bengals plus 250 right now to win the AFC North. The AFC North got us started in week number 14 of this NFL season. Last night, the Pittsburgh Steelers losing to the Minnesota Vikings, 36-28. Pittsburgh now the longest odds as they had entering TNF. 12-1 before Thursday night. Now after Thursday night, 19-1 on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the AFC North Division. The Steelers losing last night as a three-and-a-half-point underdog against the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday night. So as we continue to look through the week number 14 slate, a good game we have not discussed yet with another team coming off a bye, the Tennessee Titans. So the Browns off a bye, a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Baltimore Ravens. The Tennessee Titans off of a bye. I want to check the latest number here to make sure it has stayed at eight-and-a-half points, and it has. The Tennessee Titans an eight-and-a-half-point favorite against the Jacksonville Jaguars, the over-under total 43-and-a-half. I did see this line get up to nine in Tennessee's favor earlier in the week. Now still eight and a half, a hefty spread for the Tennessee Titans who are fresh off the bye, trying to get healthier. Julio Jones should be back into the fold. A.J. Brown still on the IR. Derrick Henry, there has been some positive reports. He might be back later in this regular season, but will not be in this game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tennessee lost two straight games heading into their bye week outright, and they have not covered in three straight games. They've only been favored in half of their 12 games so far this year, just two and four against the number this is the second biggest spread in the titans favor all season long the biggest spread also against an afc south foe the houston texans now three sundays ago that was a double digit spread in tennessee's favor and they lost outright 
to Houston, 22-13, to the final there. So Tennessee hoping to end that and end their two-game losing skid with a victory and maybe a cover against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, the Jags have been booked as an underdog pretty much all season long, except for that opener against the Houston Texans. They haven't covered in three straight games, just four and eight against the number this year for Urban Meyer in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Also, the Jags tied for the highest under percentage now in the NFL, 10 of their 12 games, hitting the under that is tied with the Denver Broncos for the most unders in all of the National Football League. So, Tennessee hoping to get back on the right track with a victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars at home in Nashville on Sunday right now in eight-and-a-half-point favorite against Tennessee. One of the marquee matchups of the Sunday slate, the Buffalo Bills, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 53-and-a-half is the over-under total. It is the largest total of the entire weekend. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, a three-point favorite against the Buffalo Bills in a game that Buffalo desperately needs to win. Why? Because of the AFC wildcard race. Buffalo right now is one of those AFC wildcard teams because when they lost to New England on Monday, the Patriots in pole position to claim the AFC East divisional title, which means that if Buffalo wants to get to the playoffs, it will be through one of those wildcard spots. Now, Buffalo is still minus 440 to make the AFC postseason right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, but a loss on Sunday on the road in Tampa Bay, Buffalo drops to 7-6 and six straight up this year. That's not great because the two other teams that they have a wild card spot with right now entering this week, both also at 7-5 and five in the Los Angeles Chargers and a team that escapes my memory as of right now. Maybe the Cincinnati Bengals? I don't know. I'll figure that out later. But anyway, the Buffalo Bills could fall to 7-6, and six, which might put them on the outside looking in at least currently to make the postseason. And right now, at least, the Buffalo Bills not favored to win this game getting three points on the road against Tampa Bay. What a relief it must be for Buffalo after a cold, blustery, and very windy Monday night to go to Tampa Bay, Florida, and to get some sunshine. And that's why you see the over-under total at 53.5 for a team that played an under of a total at 40.5 in a 14-10 ball game against the New England Patriots this past Monday. Now, Tampa Bay has been very, very good at home this year as a favorite Four and one against the spread. The Bucs have been booked as a favorite in every single game this year. And at home, four and one against the number. Last week on the road as a double-digit favorite against the Atlanta Falcons, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won and covered that number as well. Two straight covers for Tampa on the road this year, now getting to return home against the Buffalo Bills. I gave this out as my favorite prop play of the weekend when we ran the triple option earlier in the show. Tom Brady has been throwing the football a lot this year 42.3 passing attempts per game on average this season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who throw the ball the highest percentage in all of the NFL last week against the Falcons as you are seeing here connecting with Gronk in the end zone and others Tom Brady threw the ball 51 times you can correlate that to a total of 53 and a half and expect to see some offense for a team that loves to throw the football if they give you a Tom Brady passing attempts prop on the FanDuel Sportsbook around 36 and a half, 37 and a half, I hammer the over. If it gets to 38 and a half, I have a little bit more hesitation, but still probably lean over for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Sunday night football will be a double-digit spread between the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. Right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Packers a 12-point 
favorite. It was 12 and a half at an opener. It came down to 11 and a half. The early money this week, about 67% of the betting handle actually backing the Bears, even in Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. A dicey proposition because the Bears have been the worst team against the number as an underdog this year. Just two and seven ATS. The Green Bay Packers, the best against the spread record in all of the NFL this year. 10 and two against the number. And do not forget the last time Aaron Rodgers played the Chicago Bears, he yelled out, I own you. And he still feels that way. Entering Sunday night at Lambeau Field against the Chicago Bears. So from the NFL to college football bowl season, Benny the Bets hits the streets of New York. That's next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, but I am just one part of a great family here on the morning after. On the mornings here on the Space Grids, as we like to say, the Sports Grid Network, because right now, live in studio, I am joined by great members of our TMA family. Our executive producer in the morning, Alex Fasano. Our intern, Andrew Bacigalupo, next to me at the desk here. All three of us. We're out in the streets this week for Benny and the Bets to talk some college football bowl season. Fasano, didn't we have some fun? I mean, we always have fun out on the streets of New York City, but Ben, you got to stop with the Spizz Grizz. Stop making Spizz Grizz a thing. It's I'm not going to be a thing. Going to make Name it. that movie reference. I'll be very impressed with you. Uh, stop making fetch happen, Ben. Exactly. But we always have fun out on the streets in New York City. It was bowling season, so we're going to talk about some some pin uh, strategy, maybe some some arm th- Oh, wait. Uh, it, it's, it's not... It's no. not bowling, Ben? No. Oh, whoops. It's, it's not a bowling episode, guys. I apologize. What episode was it, Ben? It was about college football bowl season. Oh. I bet you Fasano uses bumpers when he goes bowling. That's just my guess. Wow. Uh, an average of 219 for your information, Ben. Who do you think you are? I am. That's my sport. Come on. See me on the, see me on the lanes? It's no question there, Benjamin. But you mentioned it earlier. We do have our favorite intern, Bachi Galupa, a.k.a. Drew, at the desk with you. I know he was excited being out there on the streets in New York City. He was our bowl guy. So uh, any bowling questions, you go to Drew now. Absolutely. So, Bachi, how did it feel to be out there in the streets, walking up to people, handing them a bowl for objectives that they had to be a part of? Did you enjoy your second time now? On Benny and the Beth, because if you remember everybody, his first appearance, he was our basketball hoop a couple of weeks ago in a college basketball episode. And in my favorite moment of maybe all of Benny and the Bets this year, a man on the street shot the ball at Drew's human basketball hoop that he was presenting, and it hit Drew squarely in the face. But Drew, what are we? We are built different yep. at Sports Grid. We eat those. <laughs> Drew, did you have fun out there in the streets this week? Of course I did. I don't think there's anybody that could hand off the bowl as much as I did. Bowl right. security, job security. Bowl security bowl. is job security. Fasano, take us to the streets, will you? Uh, bowl security, ball security. You'll see a little bit of that. We had some friends over from across the pond uh, interviewed a, cu- a couple of bowl questions, but... Let's all take our deep breaths, enjoy ourselves, compose ourselves as we hit the streets of New York City for Benny and the Bets.
The college football regular season is over. Conference championship weekend is now in the books. So what's on the horizon? Bowl season. Today we hit the streets of New York to go bowling. Well, not actually that kind of bowling. Not that bowl either. Today we're talking college football. I'm gonna name some college football bowl games for you. You're gonna tell me if they're real or fake. Are you ready? The Cheez-It Bowl, is it real or fake? What the hell? I'm gonna go, yeah. True. It was true. <laughs> the Museum of Natural History Bowl. Definitely fake. It is fake, indeed. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl. No, it's not. It is real. The Idaho che Potato Bowl. Idaho Potato Bowl. Okay. Do you know how the head coach celebrates after winning that bowl game? He eats Idaho Potato. They pour French fries over him like a Gatorade bath. That's dope. That sounds like a lot of fun. That All right. sounds like a lot of ketchup. What about the Tropical Cafe Smoothie Bowl? I think I've seen that one before. I'm going to go, yeah. Man, I'll say yes, because I feel like it's a trick, though. It's yes? Tropical Cafe Smoothie Bowl. That's real somewhere. That one's real, I think. It is real. Yeah. How'd you know? I saw it on TV. If you could name any bowl game, what would you name it? Andrea's Bowl. Chocolate Cup. So let's get this done. Basketball. Snack Smoothie Bowl. The Ryan Reynolds Bowl. Starbucks Cup. Now, are you ready to play the Benny and the Bets bowl game? Benny and the Bats, I'll give it a shot. Here we go. This is our intern, Andrew Bacigalupo. You're going to select something out of this bowl and then act it out for us. Are you ready? Give us your best Heisman pose. Give it. Boom! Good. Boom. 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 That's a Heisman winner. You have to give us your best touchdown dance. Go. Oh, 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 oh. There you go. There you go. There you go. You got nice hips. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, I get that a lot. That man just scored a touchdown. Fire us up with your best chant. Ready? We will, we will rock you. Oh, rock you. Oh, let's go, Benny and the Bats. Let's go, Benny. Let's go, Benny and the Bats. Woo! Rock you. We're down seven at the break. You gotta fire the people up for the second half. Are you ready? When you look at yourself in the mirror, you're letting yourself down. We're gonna come in strong. We're gonna win that game. We gotta get out there and we gotta be tough. We gotta get low. The world is with us. We're all cheering for you. We're rooting Woo! for you. And we got more. We got another round. All right, we're losing the football game. That's for sure. Come on now, you've just got to crack these boys. You've got to do it. you got to do it. you got to do it for Burnley. So in order not to let yourselves down, get out there and do it for the Gipper. Win, win, win. We're the best. Take that ball and run the heck out of it down the field. Listen, I take direction very well. She fired me up with a wonderful speech. I was like, I'm off. I'm sprinting down Fifth Avenue. And that's what I wanted to do. Bocce, what did you make of the bowl game? What was your favorite thing we asked the people of New York to do? Was it the 10-second halftime speech? Was it the fire us up with a chant? Was it a Heisman pose? Or was it your touchdown dance? I mean, some of these people really fired me up. Benny, you ran down the block. Mm. I feel like I could have ran through a brick wall hearing some of those speeches out on the streets of New York. You know what we need to see right now, right here, live on camera? Andrew Bacigalupo, give us your best Heisman pose. Oh, best Heisman pose? Yeah. I don't know if I could stand up. Yeah, but it's just going to do this. Oh, 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 It's all right. It looked good in okay. studio for what might not have come across. Hit it again, Drew. Hit it again. 
Hit it again? Oh. Yeah. Oh. 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 Is that a on? I That's can't good. really see on the monitor. Yeah, yeah, it looks we're, we're getting it. It looked good. Yeah. It looked very good. Built different. Fasano? <laughs> Built different. Fasano, you're standing up. You actually could probably give a better Heisman pose. Oh, my goodness. We are running off the rails here on the morning after, but fine. I, I will do it for the people. Let's go. Pose. Here we go. Woo! Let's go. We got it. was great. You know, my favorite part was those, uh, those four lovely ladies from across the pond. Yes. They fired us up so much that everybody on Fifth Ave turned and looked at us. We were, we were making a scene. It was actually pretty amazing. And... God, I just love those accents. It's just something about those accents giving a speech is just amazing. It really fires you up, right? I mean, I'm not wrong. Here. No, I mean, you are certainly correct. They were giving us all the hype. And to have four of them together in that speech that that one woman gave, I believe her name was Andrea, because she said if she could name any bowl game, she would name it the Andrea Bowl. She said all this in the 10-second halftime speech, and she was firing up her friends. They were ready to actually go out there and give it their best. It was a beautiful thing to see. And that's the beauty of college football, in my humble opinion. You don't need to be from America. You can even understand what that feels like across the pond. It was wonderful to see. Bocce, didn't you agree? Oh, I loved it. I mean, that was a collective effort from those four ladies mm -hmm. there. The way that they hyped themselves up, they probably could have taken down Georgia last week the way Georgia performed against Alabama, but that's just you know. my own humble opinion. Some, some of us wanted Georgia minus six and a half and the money line. That yeah. wouldn't have even hit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys, let's just calm down over there at the desk and let's get back to what we're really here for. Talking about our favorite bowling. No, I'm sorry. No more bowling references. Market is zero. Uh, okay, I'm done with my big Lebowski. Let's just move on to what the people are here for, and that's the producer picks. So let's get to it. We're going to start with my guy, John Shames, a.k.a. James and the Giant Peach. He's going with Terrence Davis, over 13.5 points. Sacramento playing, who are they playing again tonight, Ben? It is the Hornets. Boom. And it is listed as a pick -em right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook with a slight lean to Charlotte. But, but James isn't worried about the sides. He's not worrying about that. He's taking player props. Terrence Davis, over 13.5. What do we think, guys? Pachi, you know more about Terrence Davis than I do. I didn't even know he played on the Kings until about five minutes ago. <laughs> Terrence Davis, when he's getting at least 20 minutes a, a game, he's been able to hit his over in point total. Shame seems to love the bet. We were sparking it up downstairs in the producer's pit. I love it. I think it's great. Terrence Davis over. Let's ride. I think Bocce just goes into his producer play of the weekend. <laughs> Another player prop. Bocce laid out for us. Josh Giddy has gone over the 11.5 point total in seven of his last 10 games. One of those games that he missed, just missed it by the hook, scoring 11 points. Josh Giddy, this guy's been a stud. I've been struggling on my producer picks. Don't tell me to breathe, breathe, as Josh Giddy would say on his TikTok. I'm going Giddy over the point total of 11.5. I'm Giddy for that pick, Andrew Bacigalupo, and I hope it works out for you. Alex Fasano, What's our final producer play of the weekend? Well, before we get to our final producer play of our graphics guy, Jesse Metzger, mm. let's just talk back. James oh. took a uh, Josh Giddy prop. I think it was a double-double performance prop, right, last time? And yeah. it was a 6-1, to one, and it hit. So let's see if we keep the momentum going here with intern Drew and Josh Giddy. But let's move on. Number three, Jesse Metzger. Ravens money line. I'm a diehard Steelers fan. I'm suffering enough, guys. I really don't even want to talk about this, but I have to. Right. Ravens money line against the Browns. Can we have a tie here? At least in my opinion. I just want a tie. Can it just and nobody win, please? I don't know. I mean, I like that play. Jesse always has the best plays of the producer play. I'm, not, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be re mean here to John James, who last week had the Celtics money line. Whatever. We don't need to go into Drew's pick once yeah. again for last week on Conference Championship Weekend. Jesse's hit with a couple of money line plays in the NFL as well. It seems like the wrong team is favored in Cleveland on Sunday. Bocce. Finish this out here by giving us your best Australian accent for our friend Josh Kitty down under. 
his best Australian accent. Is I, that it? I don't know if that was a best Australian <laughs> accent there. We tried. All right, we tried. It's the effort that counts. Oh, All boy. right, mate. Let's, oh, here we go. Hey. Put the shrimp on a bobby. Listen. I can't just have our intern come onto the show and not try to roast him a little bit. <laughs> he gave wonderful insight on all the metrics and the strong trends of why Josh Giddy should go over his points prop tonight. And that was great. But come on, we got to poke a little fun here with Andrew Bacigalupo, Alex Fasano in studio. I'm Ben Stevens. More of the morning after continues on the other side of the break. It's a football Friday. Stay with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Football Friday continues on right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network, I'm Ben Stevens. Now very pleased to welcome back onto the program, it is Joe Pisapia. You can catch him on the grid Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time, getting you set for your NFL Sunday slate. DFS, fantasy lineups, parlay that into the prop market. Joe has you covered, and he has you covered here on a football Friday as well. Joe P., thank you so much for coming back onto the show on this Friday. That's right. I'm a regular now on Fridays, in case people didn't realize that. I show up here, whether I'm invited or not, I just log in here just just to eat up some of the time here on the morning after. That's my job now. So, And I'm always happy to do it, because I love spending quality time with you, Ben. And we are happy to have you here. This is indeed quality time, of which we are very grateful for. So, Joe, let's focus first on one of the marquee matchups of this upcoming Sunday. The Buffalo Bills on the road in Tampa taking on the Buccaneers. Right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, a slight bit of movement from just about half an hour ago. A three-point spread now to three and a half in favor of Tampa Bay. The over-under total, 53 and a half. So, Joe, a two-part question here for you, if you'll allow me. First, your thoughts on this game overall. Where do you think the edge is to be had? And then when you see a total of 53 and a half for a marquee game, what does that lead you to believe about what the props might look like come Sunday as well? Well, I think it's going to be some high numbers on some of those yardage totals of those wide receivers, specifically the guys over on the Tampa side. I think you're going to see a lot of that in Gronkowski. I think you'll see a very strong number from Diggs as well because uh, right now, you know, the Bills are the number one ranked secondary, right, in the league, but that was before Jadavius White got hurt. And you didn't see the impact of that injury on Monday Night Football because the Patriots only threw the ball for a whopping three total times. So we don't know what that's going to look like yet. Now you get Tom Brady, and this is the worst-case scenario, I think, after that game where you're kind of beat up, you're frustrated. Now you got to get on the road and go play Tom Brady and the defending champion Bucks. That is not a kind schedule here in the Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills have been consistent, too. Putting back-to-back wins yeah. together has been struggle for Buffalo. So this is the last situation for them. If you're the Bills, you want to see, like, you know, some mid-to-low team that you can just kind of get your confidence back. So this is a tough situation here. That being said, the 53-and-a-half, I still would lean towards the over. I know a lot of the overs have been tenuous this year, but – Considering what the secondary has looked like this year for the most part for Tampa, although Antoine Winfield's been back and played very well since his return, 
with Josh Allen under center, I think with a motivated Bills team that kind of feels a little desperation, I think that makes them dangerous. I think they're going to match for points there. You know they're going to throw the football. Even if they get behind, I think that's something not to worry about right away because this is a team that can come back. The trouble is, too, they're not getting good productivity out of their secondary wide receivers. Why they don't use Gabriel Davis more, I don't know. None of us know in the fantasy community. We keep looking at each other. They keep going down the well of Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley, and these guys are not getting it done at this point. It's time to turn the page and find a new wrinkle here for this offense. But in the props market, as you're alluding to, I think this is a game right now where you're going to see some high totals, and I don't think they're bad necessarily i think they probably all lean towards the over and in terms of daily fantasy you're gonna see a lot of cash game investment here on this side with godwin again after that huge target performance last week and on top of that you're gonna see a lot of gronk in this game too you one would imagine and then tom brady's gonna be very popularly owned as will josh allen but i warn everybody if you're gonna play josh allen i wouldn't try to pair him with anybody save maybe a cheap dawson Knox over on fanduel or DraftKings, just mm. because i think then you're in a situation where you've mitigated that risk Dawson Knox is consistent. He's cheap. Tight end is tough anyway. But the rest of the wide receivers and the inconsistency right now with the Buffalo Bills is something to be aware of. What a pleasure it must be for Buffalo in a really big game that they should and might need to win to go from blustery Western New York down to the Sunshine State in Tampa Bay, Florida, and see an over-under of 53-and-a-half. Yes, well, their opponent, the reigning Super champion, Florida, Tampa Bay ben, Ben, last time they Uh-oh. traveled to Florida, oh, yeah. not a good scene in Jacksonville. I just want to say, uh, let's not forget that. Very... Do my Robert De Niro for a second. I don't know. Wait a second. Wait I a mean, second. I don't know. A first bit. off, yeah. a spot on De Niro, by the way. Not only are you giving us great <laughs> advice for the Sunday slate. That's a great Robert De Niro right there. But, Joe, you bring up a good point. Uh... The last time they were in the state of Florida, only six points in a 9-6 to six straight-up loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, those jacksonville jaguars so joe another great game on the docket for sunday in which we have seen a line flippity flip it opened with cincinnati being a one and a half point home favorite now it is san francisco a one and a half point road favorite in cincinnati on sunday joe Mixon, the very talented running back for the cincinnati Bengals, left that game last week in a loss to the chargers what is his status, Joe, as you have come to learn it, about a fellow Joe for this Sunday against San Francisco? Yeah, all of us Joes do get together. We're all in a club. We are on one of those big like text chain kind of things. Very cool. Me, Joe Mixon, yeah. uh, Joe Perry, the guitar player from Aerosmith. All the famous Joes are all in there. Um, oh. But I'll, I'll say this about the Bengals. If you recall last week, I came here on the very show here, and I told you they're going to come out flat after that huge win against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they did. And the Chargers were going to be ready for them, and they were. Now, this week with Joe Mixon injury and the Joe Burrow injury, who, again, Joe also on that text chain with us, mm. that sure. finger issue, the pinky issue, is is a bigger issue, I think, than people you know want to kind of brush it away. It's really not. So I think they're in a very tough spot. And the line is telling you, too, that the 49ers here are the favorite in this game. Defensively, they played very well. Jimmy Garoppolo is always going to limit them. The fact that, you know, Eli Mitchell, another guy who's tenuous for this game, the fact that they can go deep to the well for a hasty or for Jeffrey Wilson Jr. and still have enough running backs to get the job done. Kittle coming off a huge performance. I prefer the 49er side of this game. In fact, um, you know, I think I would go ahead. The one and a half seems pretty comfortable because the Bengals, I think, are still a team that's learning how to close. You know, they, they start to feel mm. confident. We belong. We beat the Pittsburgh Steelers three times in a row. And then you come out flat against the Chargers and then with a couple injuries too. And you see Jamar Chase dropping balls and you see another injury from Joe Mixon. So 
this is a tenuous situation. In fact, I would jump on this now because when we get to the weekend, if Mixon is ruled out, I think this line's going to change significantly. I think you could see this push all the way to two or two and a half, maybe. So I think if you like the side of the 49ers, this is the time to get in on it before things change because that Mixon impact is a huge one potentially in this game. It's always things to know that even on this Friday, as we approach the weekend, that's when lines can really start to move. Joe, let's go to another game on Sunday. Earlier in Arrowhead Stadium, the Kansas City Chiefs against the Las Vegas Raiders. Right now on FanDuel, KC laying 10 points, double digits once again against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, the Chiefs have won five straight games, Joe. They have covered in three straight games. But it hasn't been the offense which makes finding profitability for Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and the prop market a little bit more difficult. How quickly or how ready are you, I should say, to go back to a prop on a Kansas City Chief? Well, the last time these two teams matched up in Las Vegas, this was Patrick Mahomes' one glorious shining moment of the 2021 season, right? Where he threw for 5,000 touchdowns and 4,000 yards in the one game. It was brilliant. Now, what can we take out of that? I don't know because that's in the past and you can't go chasing previous game logs. What I do know is this, the Kansas City Chiefs defense has played markedly better over the last six weeks. They've made a huge turnaround. That offensive line is still inconsistent. I think having Clyde Edwards a layer back is a huge uh, boon for this team. I really do, and I think you'll see him utilized quite a bit in this game. And on top of which, I think anything for Clyde Edwards a layer in terms of like total yards or even a touchdown prop, I think is a very solid investment. But when you're looking at this game right now overall, the thing that really sticks out to me is the under in the 47 and a half. And it's not because... Well, the Chiefs are are explosive offense. Why would you go that route? It's the combination of how inconsistent the Chiefs offense has been at times this year and then coupled with the Raiders inefficiencies, right? They lose Kenyon Drake now for the season. Darren Waller's banged up. I mean, they're down to Hunter Renfro, Foster Moreau, Josh Jacobs, you know, always banged up. We'll see what we get out of him. But it's really difficult for me to see outside of a really garbage time miracle situation in the fourth quarter where Vegas really helps push this total. And again, the inconsistencies of that Chiefs offense continuously week after week for the most part come to light. So the 47 and a half, to me, the under is a perfect opportunity. This could easily be a game where the Chiefs either blow them out and the Raiders really don't score, or it's kind of a tight in-division end-of-season game where the Raiders are trying to play spoiler, but at the end of the day, the Chiefs have too much. Both of those tales, I think, will tell more towards the under than anything so the 47 and a half is much more comfortable for me than the 10 because the 10 once again we have to have Patrick Mahomes have another one of those big performances like that and I don't know they've been few and far between this year I hope it happens but the under is far more comfortable I mean Joe those 41 points that KC scored on the road in the desert against the Las Vegas Raiders about a month ago now was the last time in the last six games even that Kansas City has scored more than 25 points and you bring up that over under total it opened at 50 and a hook it is now down by three points to 47 and a half KC has gone under in six of its last seven games and the defense has only given up a combined 32 points in the last four games so I think the under trends are certainly in play as crazy as that is to say for the Kansas City Chiefs and Las Vegas Raiders. Another team on a win streak, the Washington football team, Joe. They have won four straight, all as an underdog. They will be an underdog once again at home. 
currently getting four and a half points with some line movement here against the Dallas Cowboys. Do you think Washington, Joe, at this time of the year can keep this winning streak going? This is a tough one because now you're getting all the issues between Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott and the running backs and, you know, mm. tearing a, a fascia in your foot is not a fun thing. I, I don't even know how Pollard is not on IR with such an injury like that. Yeah. Uh, so this is a game where the one thing you could do is you could throw on the Washington football team, right? And that's something that you feel very comfortable doing. And if you look at CeeDee Lamb over his last 70 targets has one drop. I think getting Amari Cooper back is huge because it allows CeeDee Lamb to basically work in the slot all day long, which is where he's really, really strong. So the combination of those two things, I think, is huge. And I, I do believe that if you are able to you know, start CeeDee Lamb or go for props in CeeDee Lamb, that's the thing to hyper-target because I do think he's going to get a ton of work. But you know these division games always get weird, right? You, you know, it's yeah. the Dallas Cowboys should roll. But who would have thought that the Washington football team defense would improve when Chase Young got hurt and Landon Collins got hurt? Like, that doesn't make much sense at all to me. But for some reason, that's how they're playing. So they're going to be prepared. They're going to be ready. They're going to be hungry. I think at the end of the day, you will get Dallas to win this football game. But it would not shock me whatsoever if it was indeed a very tight contest. And to me, whenever I see a game like this that has four possible outcomes, I don't like to invest in it. Instead, I would invest in the individual's most notably C.D. Lamb, especially if you have one of these running backs, if not two, out for this game, and they're playing with some backup guys because they're going to throw the football a ton here. And I don't feel comfortable with the 48. I don't feel comfortable with the four and a half. I feel comfortable more with the individual performances in this game, including also Antonio Gibson, who, if you haven't paid attention, he's getting 20-plus carries since they've come out of the bye week, and he has been an incredible volume guy in fantasy mm -hmm. and in reality. So, that's another one to look for any all-purpose or rushing yards for Antonio Gibson and highlight the individuals and maybe stay away from the game itself. I think that might be the best advice I could give. Joe, when Antonio Gibson has been relied on to be that workhorse back this year for Washington as he has gotten healthier and healthier, he is going over rushing yards props at a pretty prolific clip. I love that play and that idea of how to play this game between the Dallas Cowboys and Washington football team when it might be a little bit hard to predict a side in total. Joe Pisapia, you can hear more of this great insight on Sunday morning. Fantasy Sports Today right here on the grid, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Joe, as always, thank you so much. Have a glorious week. You too, my friend. See you soon. Our bye, bye, bye. Best bet for this weekend in the NFL. That's next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our week together here on the morning after on Sports Grid. It's a football Friday, so before we send you into the weekend, we are going to give you our best bet for NFL week number 14, specifically that Sunday slate. You have been listening on Sirius XM, channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, and watching all across the Sports Grid network. We thank you for joining us here this week throughout the entirety of the week, capped off by this football Friday. And I'm your host, Ben Stevens. So before we say farewell for the weekend, before we say goodbye, it is time for our NFL best bet. It is time for bye bye bye.
All right, a great game in Cincinnati this upcoming Sunday. The Bengals, a one-and-a-half-point home underdog now. I say that now because there was a line flippity-flip. It went to the other side. The Niners, a one-and-a-half-point road favorite after opening up as the one-and-a-half-point road underdog. So San Fran laying one-and-a-half on the road against Cincinnati. The over-under total is 48 and a hook. It has gone up. From an opener, 47 and a half to where it stands now currently at 48 and a hook. And my bye, 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 best bet for the weekend in over between the Niners and the Bengals. Cincinnati has gone over in two straight games. In fact, they have gone over in five of their last six games. San Francisco, meanwhile, also over in two straight and entered NFL week number 14, tied at the second highest over percentage in the NFL. Seven of the 12 games so far this year for the Niners hitting the over. I think both of these teams are going to score in the mid-20s. And I know Joe Mixon has some injury concerns, as does his quarterback Joe Burrow for the Bengals, but I think even they can get you to 20, 21 points, and then San Francisco can maybe do the lion's share on the other side, scoring 28, maybe 30, in what should be a good game. That short spread should keep things very competitive. And over between the Niners and the Bengals on Sunday of 40 Eight and a half. The morning after each and every weekday morning, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time. I am Ben Stevens. We'll see you on Monday and have a great weekend. Are you one of us? We've just got one question. Do you like? Do you like winning? What a coincidence. So do we.